Hey, what's going on, everybody? Let's let this breathe for a second. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this is a fun live people of packaging podcast uh, event or episode or whatever we want to call it. Uh, I'm going to be pulling up some really, really impressive and awesome people in the cannabis packaging space. Uh, today is 420. Uh, one time, this is actually a funny story. I had to speak or I got to speak at a uh, um, at a Canacon event in California and it was on 420. And I realized maybe events on 420 is not the greatest idea. I said, it's like having a pastor conference on Christmas Day. Uh, but I guess I didn't learn my lesson because here we are. Uh, so I'm going to be pulling up uh, some folks and we're going to go through, answer some questions you may have and just have a conversation around uh, cannabis packaging. So if you want to do us a favor while people are being introduced, why don't you just drop into the comments? We're live on YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Uh, just drop in the comments. Hey, where, where are you at? You know, where are you celebrating 420 at today? Um, so just let us know where you're, where you're tuning in from. And that would be super great. We'd love to hear from you. So the first person I want to introduce here to the stage is Lily. What's going on, Lily? How are you? Hey. So, uh, Lily, why don't you do why don't you do a quick, uh, you know, 30, 45 second introduction of who you are and what you do and who you help? Sure thing. So my name is Lily Gaynan. I'm the founder and designer of Changemaker Creative, which is a packaging and branding design agency for the cannabis industry. Um, a lot of my clients have a deep focus on sustainability and kind of being the do-gooders in the world. Sweet. So when we're talking about sustainable packaging for the cannabis industry, Lily, you, you're the one. You're That's the one that we talk to. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We got people chiming in from San Diego, Bristol, Pennsylvania, live from Kansas City, Missouri. Hey, what's up, Brad Chatterley from Lehigh, Utah, my man. Uh, <laughs> Utah coming in strong because when everyone, when everyone thinks of cannabis, they think of Utah, right? That's no. <laughs> Uh, we, we've got some people from all over the place. So, uh, Lily, thanks so much for, for joining. I hope people have some questions around how uh, they Well, let me ask you, what would be a question that you're just like itching to answer around sustainability in packaging for the uh, for the cannabis space? Well, a lot of people assume that sustainable means that it's going to be like 10 times more expensive, but it really isn't. There's been a lot of new innovation in the past couple of years. Sweet. All right. Let's talk about it. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Port Clinton, Ohio. Man, this is this is really fun. Let's bring Christine Barrington up to the uh, stage here. How's it going, Christine? Hey, how's it going? Good. So why don't you uh, drop us your your thirty seconds on who you are and what you do and how you help people in the cannabis space? Uh, so my name is Christine Barrington. I'm with a company called Sundance. We're a full service commercial printer and packaging manufacturer in sunny Orlando, Florida. Um, we, we recently launched a flexible packaging division, which is sort of my specialty. We do digital digital printing um, and that, that goes hand in hand with the cannabis industry. We do short runs, multi-skew, um, and we have a large uh, impact in, in sustainability also. We've, we've got some certifications that our company uh, is signed up with overall to <clears throat> in, as far as good manufacturing processes sustainability so awesome 
That's great. And, uh, and, and so flexible packaging, that's kind of, that's your jam, right? That's your, yes. that's your thing. All right. That's not my it. thing, but the, overall as a company, we do all sorts of packaging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, you have a, uh, a bit of a, um, I don't want to say a partner in crime, but a, uh, a fellow lover of digitally printed everything in Dustin Stearman, who I'll invite up here. Uh, what's going on, Dustin? How are you, my hey, man? What's up, Adam? And um, yeah, we are definitely partners in crime. Christine and I spent some time working together for a few years. Um, real quick background on me, got into the cannabis industry back in 15, and it actually led me to digital packaging, which has been a great journey. Um, Spent five years scaling a, a startup and a big part of our go-to-market was focused on the natural products and, and cannabis industries. Um, built some child-resistant certified products, predominantly flexible packaging, and then um, had the pleasure of being able to develop and launch some sustainable formats within um, the CR flexible packaging space as well. Today, um, leading a company as a solopreneur called CMYK. And um, our focus is really working with all different types of disruptors and digital packaging around the globe and seeing a lot of folks that are focused on the cannabis space. So it's a little bit about what I'm up to today. Cool deal. Well, thanks, my man. Um, what are you excited to talk about and educate people around sustainability in cannabis packaging? Well, that, that's a uh, loaded, loaded question. I think um, for all me- All my questions are loaded. I, all of them. That's why I was excited to jump on with you today. Man. You never, never know where you're going to take things. Um, for me, it's really just talking about you know what what are the what are trusted options today, you know, and, and what's the right path to take today, while keeping in mind big picture, um, because you know we need to have big picture focus to innovate and generate demand to create um, you know longer longer term solutions in terms of uh, closing the loop. But I think also making sure the market's aware of what's the right thing to be in at the present moment. And when I think about that, to bring some context, it's is compostable the right option today or is post-consumer recycled the option, the right option today or is it recycled the right option today and why? Yeah. So I'd love to talk about that with the group. Cool. Cool. And uh, before we bring up uh, Mickey, let's give a shout out to, uh, is it, I think it's uh, Jana Armour uh, from Decatur, Alabama. I will, I will. I will absolutely butcher any attempt at a Southern Alabama accent, so I won't even try. Uh, but let's let's get to uh, Mickey, and then we'll have Rick uh, up next. So, uh, Mickey, and everyone's going to stay up here, right? I'm not going to kick anyone else unless you're just totally belligerent. Then you're out. But I don't expect that at all. So, uh, Mickey, what's going on, man? Good to uh, good to chat with you here. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Yeah. So, so I'm. You uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm Mickey. I'm. A uh, packaging guy. I've been in packaging for over 20 years. Uh, long history in uh, home entertainment, which is is kind of crazy because it doesn't hardly even exist anymore. But uh, because of that, I transitioned to cannabis about six years ago. Uh, developed some really cool packaging over the over the time, and uh, it's uh, it's an exciting space for me. I really enjoy it. And right now, I'm uh, I'm the VP of customer success at Merchant Box, and just anxious to uh to do some more fun stuff and uh keep exploring the crazy world of cannabis yeah no doubt well let's uh, with that note let's bring rick up and we will we will complete we will complete the uh the stage here so rick uh, i know you and mickey just recently kind of joined forces right yeah yeah we 
we're t- we're we're teaming up at uh, Merchant Boxes, um, which is a really cool new kind of bespoke packaging uh, design group <clears throat> startup. Excuse me, I um I've actually been down with COVID for the past week, believe it or not. So my oh, voice man. is really jacked. <clears throat> um, but uh, today is my first day of feeling good, and cannabis has been a big help in that too. So. Um, All right. Yeah, so yeah, Mickey and I are off on a new adventure. We've been working together for uh, decades in this realm, and we're off on a new adventure with this uh, startup uh, package design group, uh, Merchant Boxes, um, uh, exploring the world of cannabis uh, along with some other um, some other target market segments. Um, I've got about thirty years of packaging design. Um, everything from flexo to uh, litho to gravure to my goodness. I mean, it's been a lot of, there's been a lot of stuff happening over these past 30 years. So um, it's a space that I really love and, and enjoy. And, you know, I appreciate this opportunity, Adam, to, to get on the stage with all of these amazing folks and talk a little bit about this mysterious world of cannabis packaging. Happy 420, everyone, by the way. Yeah, um, no doubt. Yeah. So thank you for having me. Yeah, for sure. There for you sure. go. <laughs> Snoop is ready. Wow. He's always ready. That was Snoopy Snoop. Snoopy Snoop. Yes. Snoopy Snoop. Mickey, Mickey coming in strong with the Snoopy Snoop t-shirt. Uh, now, this should probably surprise uh, virtually nobody who knows me. Uh, but I, I wanted to, I want to have this conversation because I admittedly, I, I'm not an expert in this field. So I'm not going to be here as somebody who's like, man, I know a lot about this. I know, I know very, very little about it. I say it's not surprising because probably not a whole lot of like ordained Southern Baptist ministers who live in Salt Lake city, Utah are expected to have like intimate knowledge of like the cannabis packaging industry. Uh, but I, I know enough to know it's super important. Um, it's a growing, it's a growing sector. Uh, it's, it's got a lot of complexities to it that the vast majority of, you know, CPG companies and food and beverage companies just don't have to have to, you know, handle, including taxes and like, like weird tax laws and ever changing regulations state to state. So I, I know all of that's going on, but I don't, I don't, my, my superhero power in this industry is, one, I hope that I have the humility to say, I don't know something. And two, I hope I have the network to say, but these people do. So um, what I want to encourage everyone to do here, uh, we, we're going we're gonna to talk for about 15 to 20 minutes. But please, uh, if, if you would, start posting some questions uh, now that you have a little bit of their background. Start posting some questions on LinkedIn in the, in the comments. If we don't get to it during this, uh, we'll be looking back through and, and try to answer them uh, just as the video stays kind of evergreen on LinkedIn and on YouTube and on Facebook. I don't know if YouTube and Facebook, candidly, I don't know if anyone's watching it on there, to be totally honest, but I don't even know if I could see the comments. But uh, so I want to kick it off, Lily, with with something that you said where you had mentioned, and this is a big concern, I think, for uh, this is this is not just for cannabis. This is across the spectrum is sustainable is way more money right and and you mentioned that that's a that's a topic that you're you're uh, you're pretty you're pretty passionate about so why don't you kind of help the listeners understand why that's not always the case yeah on the cannabis side of course like the order amounts that we order are teeny tiny on like a cpg spectrum like where my clients sometimes want to order like 200 pieces 
but custom printed and sustainable. So that's where the cost issues come to play, where um, sometimes some things are more expensive when they're of a sustainable material. But mm. I'm really excited about how post-consumer waste and compostables, like those materials have gotten so much cheaper in like the past, even like the past year. So yeah. It's really like not as expensive as it used to be. So it's, it's more accessible now. Yeah, no doubt. And I guess for Christine and Dustin, when we're talking about these things from a flexible packaging standpoint, you can both answer this has ha, have the innovations in terms of, uh, compostable and PCR content and then marrying that up with like the seat, the child resistant um, closures and stuff like that. Like, have we seen a lot of innovations over the last, call it year to two years? And either one of you can jump in and answer that. Go ahead, Christine. Well, jump in, Dustin. <laughs> yeah, you got this. Okay. <clears throat> so we, we have come across some compostable and some recyclable CRs at first, but the whole child resistance process is a little bit, uh, it's expensive, it's time consuming, it is very specific to a certain size and material structure. So it's not something you can just jump into and say, you know, hey, I can do a recyclable pouch or a compostable CR pouch. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would add to that, that like in connecting with producers and operators in the cannabis space, a lot of folks want a compostable option um, just with the concept of, um, you know, bringing it back to soil. But when you think about child resistance, you're looking at keeping a child from getting into the package. And then you talk about compostable, you're talking about earth digestible materials. It's almost like you're coming in from two complete opposite ends of the spectrum. So there's been development. You know, there's definitely a lot of folks that are working on that. Um, I think we're a ways away, though. You know, for the same reasons you look at compostable flexible packaging, where do you take it today, right? Yeah. Um, that being said, you know, I, on the post-consumer uh, recycle route, I think it's it's really low-hanging fruit for manufacturers right now. And I've, I've always been a big fan of it because it's a guaranteed impact at the manufacturing level. So, you know, we don't control what the consumers do when it comes to proper end of life. But if, if we're at least making that decision to say, hey, we're sourcing something that we know is making an impact, whether or not the consumer disposes of it properly, um, it's just it's more of a guarantee. So that's really where I like to encourage folks to start the journey right now. Yeah, I've always heard I've always referred to it as or I've heard it referred to as like a base hit, right? Like we're, we're maybe we, we can't hit home runs right now, especially when it comes to child resistance and, and flexible packaging, but getting, you know, being being part of like this progressive journey i think is important hey lily somebody asked it and i apologize uh it, it, the comments it just says linkedin user but i'm sure you have a name and in it's it's wonderful but uh someone asked what materials that you were referring to and then devin we'll get to your question after this but um do you want to follow up with with that lily yeah um like the compostable plastics like either plant derived plastics or Compostable plastics are really big right now in what my clients are asking for. And also just um, your normal post consumer or um, ocean ocean bound plastics are are big in the cannabis side. 
Uh, one interesting tidbit is that technically California does not allow you to put cannabis packaging into the recycling stream. Like they consider it hazardous waste. So that's another fun thing. Wow. Interesting. Uh, oh, hey, that was MJ. Uh, thanks for thanks for uh, letting us know what's going on, MJ. I uh, appreciate it. MJ's been following the podcast and she's one of my... Uh, She's one of the people that followed me on TikTok that I'm like, hey, I know that person. <laughs> Sometimes it's like user 57296 says blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, okay, fine. Uh, yeah, and, and, the, the, and this, this kind of leads into Devin's question. And Mickey and Rick, I'm, I'm going to turn to you on this question from Devin. But this, this idea, like I just, I just did a video of uh, in, in like a, a home industrial composter. So I whether it's good or not, I don't know, but it's this like loamy. Have you seen these things uh, where it's, it's basically it sits in my house and I can put packaging in it that's compostable and I'll use air quotes and then I can hit, I can push a setting and then it will compost the packaging over like a seven hour time period or something like that. And I'm always pretty disappointed at what I see when I get done with that versus when I put just food in there and like coffee grounds, it's soil. Like it, it we just take it and we put it out in our garden. So, um, I do think there's some, and there's testing and standards and stuff like that when it comes to compostability, but to think that you can just take a bag, a pouch, and then throw it into your yard, it's, it's probably, you're probably going to be a little sad at the outcome. Now it's benefit is a lot of it will, it is an organic material. So if it does end up as litter, it's probably gonna have a better life uh, than, you know, kind of a standard film, but um, that's, that's my that's my two cents there. So here we got Devin Perry asking us a question for a consumer in an area that doesn't have a very robust recycling program. What type of packaging is best to ensure that it's being sorted out at the facility and eventually hitting a landfill specifically for flour and edibles, but also in general? So Mickey or uh, Rick, one of you want to take a stab at that one? I was going to say to Lily's point, it depends on, um, you know, what the state regulations are around the around cannabis packaging. Um, you know, con California considers it a hazardous material, um, so you can't really uh, recycle much of it. I mean, there, I, I break anything I get apart to see if any little component can be recycled. So there may be small bits that you can pull off of possibly, but overall, it's it's a tough one. Um, Mickey may have some more insight to the, you know, the, the, the uh, you know, what, you know, how it's being sorted and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a tough space to, to be um, sustainable in um, hmm. right now. I think the, the best choice is just to choose the things that are the most easily, like it's the, it's the things that we do well as a, as a country, I guess, for recycling, you know, paper is, something that we recycle really well or glass is something that we recycle really well um, there's so many others that you know have a great sustainable story uh, and sometimes our municipalities just don't have the the resources or the the right advancements to to handle those recycled things yeah <laughs> and, so, and you know just go ahead. sorry i was gonna say to you know kind of come in full circle on this a uh, little bit back to what dustin was talking about um, you know, this is a highly regulated market 
Um, and, you know, there's a lot that goes into this packaging. It has to be CR, it has to be child resistant. Um, it has to have features on it that make it difficult to get into the, to the, to the product. And by nature, you're, when you have, uh, you know, a regulated market like this and, and these products, you're going to have more packaging because it takes more packaging to keep that product safe. Um, but, you know, you know, to Mickey's point, it's there. You, you know, we as consumers can make choices as to what pa what brands we buy based on their packaging, and help guide some of these brands to be a, a little more uh, earth friendly in this whole realm. But it's it's a it's a tough spot, and you know, you've also got tamper evident, and you've got all these components of this package that just make for a big old footprint, and it's. It's tough, but, you know, that's why all of us on this call, you know, this is this is a good thing to get around and chat about so that folks are more aware of what's happening in the space and we can start making some changes. I don't think we'll see a lot until we really see federal regulation reg regulations come into play, because then we'll have all, all the states are out. We're all operating by ourselves and our own rules. Um, but once we have some federal uh, legalization and regulation in this realm, it will really open up the doors for this package to be much more earth friendly. Mm. And what's what's the status on on that um, in terms of federal kind of decriminalization? Is that what it would be or just, just having uh, legalization, having legalization, complete legalization? Yeah. yeah what's the status on that? It's, it's a shame. It's we've been, a year we've and never. Been, yeah, I don't I don't yeah. know. I mean, I. If you asked me that last uh, two years ago, I would have said in two and a half, three years. Now it may be, I don't know, <laughs> within the next couple of years, I'm sure, you know, uh, just don't know when, you know, with everything that's going on, it's a, you know, it's one of the things that I think is just kind of getting kicked to the side and, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it will get back on the book. So within the next couple of years, I'm, I'm sure of it. Okay. But for now, it's good. It's good for you know all of us states individually to get our arms around this, this uh, what may be one of our last great industries, the hemp plant, cannabis sativa, and um, figure out a way to uh, you know to be ready when when uh, federal legalization comes into play. Yeah, interesting. And, and has there been? And this would be, um, you know, really anybody could jump in and answer this, or you all can. But has. I know that like hemp based packaging has has gotten a little bit of traction, but it seems like it it, it seems like it's it's stumbled a little bit in terms of, you know, hemp based paper and hemp based, you know, plastics and, and whatnot. Uh, am, am I am I wrong on that, that it seems to just or, or are there companies right now that are like, no, there's actually a lot of a lot of movement in there. And does the does the cannabis industry are they pushing for hemp-based packaging at the same time? I can, I can take this one. Sure. Um, so I feel like there's, there's a couple of companies doing really exciting things with like both hemp plastics and hemp paper. It is a really good material. The trouble becomes where they need to scale it to a point where the price per piece comes down a little bit. And then it's also, uh, it's often kind of brown. So mm. it's hard to get some of my clients to buy something that is brown. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And that's, that's a big part. I mean, I, I won't, I won't belabor this point, but when I do, I do like sustainability lunch and learns with, with brands and some pretty large brands. And I walk through kind of the four buckets of sustainability. And one of them is like, 
is it is it good for your brand like it, there because if if you if you go to <clears throat> materials but nobody can recognize it on the shelf or it's not drawing attention or you know it's 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 hard to use or whatever it is like you could start losing a lot of revenue real quickly and there's there's for a for a, a brand who's built around sustainability there's nothing sustainable about going out of business so that's it's a critical point to to think about though we don't always throw that in with sustainability I think it's at least got to be a consideration. So thanks for bringing that up, Lily. Uh, we've got a few questions here coming in. One from uh, Joseph uh, Paricha. Oh man, I, I I messed up your name, Joseph. I apologize. Uh, but uh, he asks, is returnable packaging an option for high-end cannabis products which use materials such as glass or rigid plastics? I'm not sure who feels equipped to answer this yeah. one. I think it is. I mean, Mickey, unless you had a point, I don't mean to interrupt. Um, there are some companies that are trying to um, trying to scrub the product, trying to clean it, you know, trying to get all the, you know, all the kind of cannabis out of that product. Um, so, uh, but it's, again, it's just such a startup space, you know, everyone's kind of bootstrapping and trying to figure it out. There's some great ideas, but there are some, there are some really good ideas around that. Um, but they're not really at any point of making any kind of difference. That I, yeah, I would add that, you know, legislation too on a state-by-state -state basis impacts that. So like here in Colorado, there's been an effort to support that for the last couple of years. And recently, I think in the last 12 to 18 months, the state actually changed the regulation to where you could return a used package that had cannabis in it to the dispensary. It just can't go beyond the security checkpoint. So now they're creating these drop points at, well, you can create drop points at a dispensary, whereas up until that change, you couldn't. Um, so the concept is definitely out there. There are people and there are, there's a company here in Colorado, I think called Green for Green that does just that. They wash the containers and they bring them back and put them back in circulation. Um, it's definitely a, a direction I see the industry heading in terms of circularity, but it's to Rick's point, it's very much, at ground level right now, you know, how, how do you get that established? How do you make it so it's profitable? You know, so everybody has to make money in this. Um, I see it coming, but there's a lot of hurdles in the way of it. Mm. Yeah. And there's a lot of components of these, these products. I mean, just think about a vape pen, you've got glass, metal, ceramics, you know, just plastic, anything you could think of. So to be able to have a way to, to, you know, to re reuse some of this stuff, get it back into circulation would be amazing. I think Aurora Rick um, had launched a program up in Canada, actually, where with the dispensaries in Canada, they were able to collect the um, single use vapes. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah I think Canada Change here is Canada Change, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I believe they're in Northern California is, is making an attempt at this as well. I did want to go back to that question, Adam, on um, the packaging types for an area where um, it was around recyclability and not having accessibility to um, landfill. From yeah. Devin? Yeah. yeah. So there's a brand that launched here in Colorado. It's in four or five states. It's called 1906. And, sure. you know, depending on the product, they have chocolates. Um, they're in a corrugated box. It's a corrugated child-resistant box that has a slide-out. And that's what comes to mind for me with that question is great example of something that we know to Mickey's point, the infrastructure is in place on the paper side where you can bring that proper into life. 
not including hazardous uh, restrictions like the state of California. But check them out, 1906 Edibles. Um, they might be a, a good good example. And, and Rick, to your point, branding, right? You know, I'm thinking of that brand and what they're doing. And here we are talking about it. Yeah. Right on. They have nice packaging. <clears throat> oh, that's cool. And and one of the things I've always I always thought was interesting when I was when I was sort of like I don't, I don't it was it was orbiting around the, the cannabis packaging space was uh rick you were talking about the the federal um you know legalization of it and i it was always strange to me when if you had a producer in oregon like they couldn't even sell it to california even though even though both had legalized cannabis i was just like well that but it, they were like breaking federal laws and all sorts of stuff so like everything had to be inside of the one state and i was like man this is a this is a this there's a scaling problem here there's a financial problem here uh and and so it's from from like a from a from a business perspective and, and even to some of my i'm not going to get super political here but i have some like very libertarian friends you having grown up in colorado and living in utah and i'm like you guys should be behind this like just for free enterprise um and you know the tax benefits of a society like why why aren't why aren't why isn't there a coalition and maybe there is one but um i always find it interesting when you when you were mentioning dustin like hey they're in these three states it's like boy i know that was that took a lot of time and money and effort to scale up in those three states i would imagine it's this new business startup in every state so right. the the brands that you see that are multi-state are the ones that you're going to see in every state once legalization ramps up because they're going to have the uh, they're going to have the knowledge of, of of, of they're going to be they're going to have the exposure that other brands uh, might not have that's that's you know i say that it's nice that each step that it's going slowly and that states can develop their own identity first but it's also a hindrance in that respect because you're right you can't scale uh without being yeah. able to cross state lines and and it, uh, it it makes it challenging but it's an expensive realm to be in yeah, yeah and if you think about 280e like the tax thing like if my one of my clients buy, buys a blank jar or bottle, we can't deduct that in taxes, even if it's it's not cannabis yet. It's just a package, like a box or anything. Interesting. So, so packaging does not fall under 280E? It doesn't fall as cost of goods sold? It becomes cannabis as soon as a cannabis company buys anything. Yeah, it's amazing how little is available to us cannabis folks from the... Uh, from the tax realm, I mean, uh, my wife and I have a cannabis-friendly travel platform, um, and it's just uh, it's just like a it's like a trip advisor for cannabis essentially, and um, we can't get any benefits write-offs for our business. It's it's really tough. It's a it's a tough realm. I'm looking forward to things changing soon, but yeah, yeah I mean, anyone that's out there, you know, uh, navigating in this world, big ups. I mean, a lot of respect to anyone Good that out. can to work in this space. No doubt. It's such a weird handicap too. Like there aren't any other uh, businesses that can only function within their state. Like if you you think of a of, of any like food or consumer goods or whatever, if they had to make what they sell in each state, it's you know such a a, a pain. Where right. if, you know you you get to make it if we made it in California and we could distribute everywhere, that's such a, a cost savings on so many levels. But 
that's you know impossible. So the it's a it's definitely not apples to apples when you compare uh, cannabis packaging to any other packaging. Some people self-regulate and they are a spotted cow beer in Wisconsin and they decide to only sell in their state, which if you've never been to Wisconsin and had spotted cow beer, it's it's uh, it's oddly, wonderfully delicious, mostly because you're like, I can only get this here. But you're right. I mean, they could they could sell across state lines if they wanted to they just choose not to. Um, sure. Hey, Christine, you had uh, you had jumped off a mute there. So I just wanted to see where you wanted to. Uh, hit on we just kind of covered a whole like shotgun approach to topics and then we've got one more question and we'll wrap it up uh, yeah I, I was I was jumping in we we're talking about how difficult it is to work with different state laws and you know there's some brands that like in Florida we're completely vertically integrated so a brand has to have a license that manages the growth the packaging the stores every piece of the, the seed is managed by one company and then you have that company that wants to grow into other states. So now they're used to the Florida laws and they're jumping into the New York laws or the California laws. And it just gets exponentially difficult. And the materials can change. Like you're saying, you know, California, you can't have certain plastics. And it's 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 a fun, exciting, difficult market to be in. <laughs> and as, as a converter and as a packaging manufacturer, do you find, Christine, that... Um, that there's a lot of brands who will lean on you to know the specific regulations by state or, or do they come with, with more knowledge than you'd think? It, it depends on the customer. If you have a multi-state operator, they're probably going to have their own legal departments in every state. Um, if it's a brand new, well, in Florida, we don't have these, but you know, in uh, Arizona, you have a mom and pop shop that wants to open up something. They might come to you and ask for help where, you know, we can, we can give advice, but we're not yeah. legal, you know, we're not lawyers. So we're just helping out. You know? No doubt. So you got to make that clarification. Gotcha. Well, let's get to our last question here and then we're going to wrap it up. So this is from Estera uh, Salter. She says, I also know absolutely nothing about the cannabis industry, but you're here. And so now you're being educated. So we appreciate it. And, and by the way, if you don't know anything about it, but you want to, please make sure that you connect up. Uh, with with Lily, with Christine, with Dustin, with Mickey, and with Rick, uh, and follow their content. They're super helpful. Reach out to them, message them with questions, whatever you need. Um, but she asks, in terms of packaging, where do you see cannabis being used the most? Do you have examples of cannabis packaging being used right now? I, I'm guessing that the question is, is actual like cannabis being used in packaging, or you know, and and maybe we kind of covered that. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't I have zero idea on what that answer is. So I don't even want to try to assume to know the question but more deeper than that. I love the fact right. that she uh, she knows nothing about the cannabis industry. That's what half of the people in the cannabis industry uh, say. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, it's a mystery. It's a mystery realm that we all just figure out on our own for the most part. Um, but we find we've got, the, you know, we've in forums like this, we find that we've all got common ground and um, it's it's a difficult world. Um, I don't know if she was asking to see cannabis yeah. packaging. I mean, I happen to have some, oh, yeah. but I don't know if it's picking up on my... It's basically like normal packaging, but just for cannabis. Yeah. I mean, this is a rigid oh, yeah. box. Let's see if I can spotlight you on Lots here. Lots of aluminum nowadays. Nice. Um, but I think if she was asking about like using cannabis Gosh. for packaging cannabis, 
Um, so do we want to touch on like difference between cannabis and hemp? Do we have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do a quick because I was going to I was going to say there's we didn't really cover it with hemp and cannabis. So, yeah, yeah if you want to drop drop some knowledge, that would be great. So hemp and cannabis, they're the same plant, just different varietals. Cannabis has more THC in it, which makes it legally cannabis versus hemp that has less THC. So then it has CBD in it and it's used for fiber more. Um, currently, I don't think we're allowed to use like cannabis waste, like the stalks and stuff for making fiber. You have to make fiber from plants that are legally called hemp. But yeah, that would be the beautiful thing. If we had like paper made out of hemp packaging cannabis, that could then be recycled again to more packaging. Like that would be yeah. lovely. Cause it's, it's, interesting. it's not just about the recycling. It's about like the source materials and like how well it functions. Yeah. I'm there, sorry. Really, I didn't mean to. Sorry. <laughs> no, There's ahead, a, there are, there are hemp based plastics out there. They're rigid plastics. Um, I did a little research into seeing if there was anybody out there convert or making flexible packaging out of hemp. And it looks like there's some challenges at the, the manufacturing level of making the plastics with it right now. But um, I think, I mean, I, I'd like to see that be something get developed pretty soon. I have a Frisbee uh, that's made from hemp that yeah. somebody nice. sent me. I don't even remember who it was. I just, my wife's like, uh, what's this? I'm like, I, somebody asked me for my address and they sent me a Frisbee made of hemp. So that was fun. Well, I, uh, I talked to, I talked to those guys and I'm like, if you guys are making rigid packaging, why can't you just make it thinner and wider? Yeah. You know, but there, there's challenges. No doubt. Um, well, uh, we could we could keep talking here for a while. Uh, let's just acknowledge uh, our friend Jonathan Quinn in the uh, flexible industry. He says, "What's going on, everyone?" And then Ian comes in and is just thanking us, um, you know, for all that you guys are doing. Uh, it is. It's a fantastic opportunity uh, to to jump in. It's still early stages. It's still kind of like Netscape AOL login i would say so it's not it's not like you've missed the boat or anything like that uh so let's uh let, let's kind of wrap it up here i'm gonna go the reverse way so we'll start with rick and we'll end up with uh back at lily so it's like a fantasy draft like we we snake the intro and then the outro uh but rick why don't you just uh, wrap it up with you know kind of how people can get in touch with you and um you know just in general uh, like a closing thought and then how someone can get in touch with you yeah, totally. Um, closing thought is it's, I think we're going to see more of this um, emerging startup industry start to utilize its own resources, like um, using more hemp and packaging and mycelium-based packaging and stuff, stuff like that. Um, so, uh, you know, just to, just to end, end that, that we are on a, an interesting path and there's a lot of challenges, but, you know, Folks like us are getting our heads around this and making a difference. And we're going to see a change. This plant wants to support itself. So we'll see that happen in packaging. Um, you can get up with me on LinkedIn here, um, uh, merchantboxes.com. Uh, and I'm, if, I mean, if you're an Instagram, I'm not much of an Instagram person anymore, but hillbilly wandering on Instagram. <laughs> um, and uh, hey, if you want to, if you want to check out some cool cannabis um uh, destinations and travel and stuff, check out indica.com, I-N-N-D-I-C-A.com. It's just another interesting uh, 
piece of this awesome. whole thing. So awesome. And thank you, Adam. Let's, I would, I would love to do some more of these. Yeah. We barely touched the surface. Let's, I know. Uh, let's jump I know. on some more of these and get some more done. Thank I you love it. I love it. By the way. Definitely Rick. Appreciate you. Uh, Mickey, you're up. Yeah. You can, uh, you can always find me on LinkedIn. I'm, uh, I'm pretty easy to, to, to find. There aren't a lot of Mickey's out there. So, um, but yeah, but uh, for as far as closing thoughts, I I just I I love innovation and creative packaging, and the opportunities to do that are so much uh, so so there for the cannabis world. It's uh, it, it's kind of a, a just a, a a big big weird space to explore, and it's uh, it's exciting for me. Um, the the best uh, solutions right now for sustainable are the ones that are tried and true. But I'm so excited to see some of the new technologies and and new mm -hmm. offerings from some of these uh, just really cutting edge companies. I, I think it's great. Awesome. And uh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it was great. Thanks, Mickey. Dustin, CMYK. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for hosting today, Adam. Yeah, just a couple of thoughts. I'm not exactly sure who all is in attendance, but looking at it through two different perspectives. One, if you're interested in the cannabis industry and not sure where to get started or, you know, how to make the move, um, just, just actually LinkedIn has become a really great space to see a lot of people in cannabis that have gone to that platform because the platform supports it. Whereas Facebook and others don't, um, connect with people, make connections, talk about it. The industry needs more people with expertise in their own respective areas to succeed, right? Be it logistics, finance, whatever it might be. So don't, um, don't doubt yourself, your ability to get into the cannabis industry. And if there's any brands that are out there, I would say, um, one as a big fan of digital packaging, I think that digital is the right direction for cannabis brands today. There are very few brands that actually have the scale that weren't going to a analog platform. So, you know, definitely go out and find those right digital partners. Always happy to have that conversation. And the last item would be post-consumer recycled. You know, that, that is, if you're in plastics right now, that's where I would say you need to be. Um, compostable in due time, but post-consumer yep. recycled. Totally agree. And, and how do people get in touch with you, Dustin? LinkedIn's the best way to, best place to find me. All right. Cool Thanks, deal. Adam. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, Christine. Yeah, yeah, I thank you also for having me on. Oh, thank you for coming on. Thanks to everyone for coming on, by the way. It's been great. Um, so, so yeah, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn also. Um, uh, you can also go to SundanceUSA.com or SundancePackaging.com. Um, and as far as closing remarks, I'd say, uh, you know, like Dustin said, but like, you know, we come from the same background, so we're, we're both proponents for digital printing. And um, it's it's just great for brands that have a lot of different SKUs, a lot of changes. The, the speed to market is a really big thing in cannabis. So, you know, order smaller runs, get them faster, get them on the shelf. It Maybe you, you pay a little more to get it faster, but overall scope, you get that money back in sales. So it just fits really well with 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 a market that has a lot of changes. So. Yep. Yeah. You don't want to get stuck, especially with that, that, uh, that tax was a 1080 E, right? Like you don't want to get stuck with all that inventory you paid for with your after tax, uh, money. So totally right. that's a good yeah. point. And Lily, you get the, you get the last word here. Thanks so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Um, I could talk about packaging all day, every day. Um, so yeah, um, I'm also a LinkedIn gal. Um, I have an Instagram, haven't really 
posted anything in like two years. So you can't find me there. I'm on LinkedIn every day. Um, also, if anybody wants to talk more to me on my website, changemakercreative.com, there's a book a call with me uh, button that you can schedule and hop on a call with me. Sweet. Awesome. Well, uh, appreciate each of you for, for your, just your respective, uh, serving of the the packaging industry uh this is it's it's new to our industry this idea that we show up and we support one another and we serve and we give um and we do it collectively and and i think that there's a lot of good that's coming from that so i'm i'm grateful for each of you and for your space and for your journey in the industry uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with me my name is adam peak you can find me on linkedin uh, you can also go to packagingpastor.com and i got all sorts of fun stuff there you can also find me on TikTok. I am active there at Packaging Pastor. So uh, everybody happy 420. This will be coming out uh, on my podcast later today. So you can check that out. It's the People of Packaging podcast. And it'll just be the audio. And then this video will live on LinkedIn and YouTube and Facebook. It's on the internet. So forever. It will never, ever leave. And you'll, you'll have to see all of our faces all the time. I uh, appreciate you all. Everyone get connected up with Lily, Christine, Dustin, Mickey, and Rick on LinkedIn. And uh, with that, I'll just say uh, happy 420 and uh, everyone have a great day. Thank you. Happy 420. Happy 420. Thank you.